Good morning, everybody. Or good afternoon, whatever time it is. I don't know what day is this. So uh, this is Tuesday, and it is Holy Week, and we are so glad to see you. I'm glad you're if you're worshiping with us by uh, live stream today. Welcome to you. Say something to us in the comments. We love to hear from you, and we're glad that you chose to take a few minutes out of your day to worship with us during this Holy Week. We have some friends who are coming into town this afternoon from Washington State. They're doing a, kind of a springtime in the South tour, you know? And springtime in the South means you can write your name on your car because of the pollen, right? And it means you don't know exactly what the weather's gonna do, but it also means we take time and we remember the steps of our Lord and Jesus, our Savior Jesus Christ not just on Easter, but all week long. And we're so happy we get to do it with our friends and family and our friends and neighbors this week. We have another friend from Christ Central Church who's gonna be bringing our message, Laura Satterfield. Uh, and we have, um, we have a treat in store for us and I'm, I'm excited to, to hear Laura. disciples were feeling because that's what we want to be we want to be your disciples we want to follow you and so help us to ponder and help us to prepare and help us to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit as we worship today and Lord all the needs of our hearts we lift them up to you and perfect trust knowing that you love us and that you're able to meet our needs in Jesus name we pray amen
Our speaker today is Laura Satterfield. Laura is the children's minister at Christ Central United Methodist Church, and I have had a chance to know her for a little while. I love her heart for God and the passion she has for children and for ministry, and I am excited that she's going to get to share with us today. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Good afternoon. What a blessing it is to have this opportunity to be with you all here on this beautiful day. I am certainly grateful for the opportunity and excited to see what God has in store for each of us today. Today we're going to be talking about remembrance in the book of John. If you prefer to read along in your Bibles, turn to John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. And for those of you who are here, the words will be available on the screens. Will you join us as we prepare our hearts for the sermon and word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together in your name today during this very special week. Lord, I pray that you let me step back, Lord, and you speak through me so that others will have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mouth that will lead others to you. Lord, help us to take what we hear today, apply it to our lives in such a way for the transformation of the world. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Like stated earlier, today we're going to talk about... Oh, oh we're going to talk about remembrance. It's <laughs> good. Speaking of remembrance, there's this one story I remember vividly back from when I was 20 years old. My best friend and I had decided to take this road trip, so we went to this huge mall to do a bit of shopping. Now... This mall actually had a pet store on the inside. Of course, we had to go inside and take a look around. I can remember it as it was yesterday. I turned the corner and it was love at first sight. I, fed, I fell head over heels in love with this small, white, fluffy Maltese puppy. This little puppy had melted my heart. They got him out of the cage. They let me play with him and they let me hold him. That was it, it was over. I would not be happy until I took this little precious puppy home with me. Later back at home visiting with my parents, I could not resist telling them all about this adorable puppy. Of course, mentioning also my plans to go back and purchase him within the next couple of days. Did I mention he was a tad expensive? <laughs> my, that my dad proceeded to give me advice. You see, he was fully aware that I had my own set of bills because I lived by myself on my own. He was also aware of the fact that I worked a lot of hours and that wouldn't leave much time to take care of a puppy or even be there with it. My dad told me at the time, I was thinking, he's about to say something, he's got that look on his face. He told me he didn't think it would be a good idea and that I shouldn't buy him. At the time, I was thinking, who do you think you are? In my head, I didn't say this out loud. Who are you to give me advice? It's my money. I'll work for it. I'll be the one taking care of it. Of course, my first reaction was angry. I didn't ask for his opinion or his advice. I was just telling him. A couple of days later, Lying to my parents regarding my whereabouts, my best friend and I went on another road trip, and can you guess where to? To bring that puppy home. 
Standing in the store, guilt, along with realization of the expense, overcame me, and we left puppyless. While driving on the way home from a downpour of rain, the car began to hydroplane. Having zero knowledge of how to handle a car in this situation, I literally let go of the wheel. Spinning in what felt like endless circles, the car went through a ditch and hit a tree head on. Now this car didn't even have a back seat. Miraculously, we both walked away without a scratch. This literally gives new meaning to Jesus take the wheel. You can imagine how the phone call went to my parents. Hey, um, I'm an hour away. We've totaled my car. We are okay, but here is the good news. I didn't buy the dog. <laughs> Notice how I use the word we and finesse the word I at the end. Yeah, you can imagine that phone call didn't go so well. You see, through remembering the advice my dad had previously given me, I was able to finally understand. He was my father, an amazing spiritual figure God had placed and entrusted my life with. Did he have the authority to give me advice? Absolutely. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy the temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years and you'll raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's begin by talking about the Passover and why it was so important to Jesus. It was the first and most important annual feast celebrated. Passover was a week-long celebration of God's deliverance of the Jews from the slavery out of Egypt. People came from all over. They traveled a great distance to offer a sacrifice at the temple and partake in a feast. Josephus, a Jewish historian, wrote that the Passover, that on Passover, the population of Jerusalem swelled to more than two million Jews as they made their pilgrimage to the temple for the celebration. The temple was regarded as the most sacred place ever, a place where you had direct access to heaven. The scripture also tells us that Jesus went up to Jerusalem. That's because he literally, literally traveled up a mountain. Jesus was literally climbing up to Jerusalem. This was probably no easy trip. Parents, this is an awesome point to tell your children, by the way, if they complain about getting up and going to church, well, you just tell them, well, you get to ride in the car. Church was so important to Jesus, he literally climbed up a mountain to get there. As we read on, the scripture said that Jesus arrived at the temple. He found people selling cattle, sheep, doves, and there was also the money changers with all their money. So you can imagine when Jesus arrived at the temple, it was kind of like a flea market or a cattle sale. One could imagine that the smell was probably nauseating. Instead of the temple being filled with engaging incense, you were so-called hit in the face with the smell of excrement or if you've ever been to a poorly managed rest area. That image, along with the smell, is an unforgettable experience. Once, uh, one I'm sure that they would have liked to have forgot. 
you see the temple had areas in which only certain people or priests were allowed. The Gentiles were only allowed in the outermost courtyard. This is where we find the people selling the money and selling the animals and exchanging all of the money. The scripture continues with Jesus making a whip of cords and driving them all out of the temple. He even overturns the money tables. He told the dove sellers to get these things out of here. It angered Jesus that these people were oppressing the Gentiles. Through higher prices for animals needed for sacrifice to not even having access to the courtyard for worship, they were taking advantage of the Gentiles. This angered Jesus. Jesus then proceeded to say, stop making my father's house a marketplace. Now let me repeat that. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. You see, this was very, very important as to this was the first time that Jesus identifies God as his father. He makes claim to be the son of God. His disciples then remember that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The disciples were finally beginning to acknowledge the scriptures and also beginning to deepen their faith in Jesus. The Jews were like, who does he think he is? What authority or right does this man have to come and disrupt business in the temple? So, of course, they wanted a sign. Jesus told them to destroy the temple and that he would raise it up in three days. You see, he was offering something better. Jesus was actually speaking of his death and resurrection. The temple would be removed and God would replace it in a more perfect state with Jesus. By saying this, Jesus was preparing the disciples for what was to come, but they didn't understand at the time. The Jews were like, are you nuts? It's been under construction for 46 years and you'll raise it up in three days? They could only understand what Jesus was literally saying. But Jesus was literally speaking of the temple of his body. After Jesus' death and resurrection, the disciples reflected and remembered of what Jesus had said about their faith. And God's word deepened and became alive for them. Finally, they truly understand who Jesus was. He was the son of God. Who do you say this Jesus is? Is he a teacher? Is he a nut job? A counselor? A madman? A great storyteller? The son of God? Or maybe he's a stranger. Maybe you don't actually know who Jesus truly is. Is he someone you just go to when you need something? when you're in a real pickle? Or is he a friend? Maybe he's your best friend. In John, we get to hear real, true eyewitness accounts of the events that took place where Jesus reveals his true identity. By reading and studying the scriptures, these experiences become alive and our personal experiences with scripture become alive. Jesus becomes real. Not just a character in a book, but a real, live, breathing person who walked this earth. Through reflection, we begin to relate and understand and know we are to be like this person. This Jesus, 
We are to be temples and live in a way pleasing to God, to be a reflection of heaven, if you will. So what can you do? Take the time to stop and reflect on your life and how God has been working in it. Read, study, and apply the scriptures to your life so that Jesus' true identity will be revealed in and through you. Be intentional about sharing your understanding and experiences with others. What if we all did this? What if we all reached out and helped others in their understanding of the the scripture and the application of his word to their lives? What if we all went out and shared our personal experiences with others about how Jesus has worked to transform our very own lives? More people would be introduced to Jesus and his true identity as our Lord and Savior, the Son of God, and his love would continue to grow throughout for the transformation of this world. Will you join me as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, help us to take time and reflect and to remember what you have done in our lives, Lord. Help us to understand the scripture and apply it to our lives so that others will see and be led to you. Lord, we thank you so very much for your son, Lord, and that we all know that he is our one true Lord and Savior. Help us to take this word, apply it to our lives for the transformation of the world for your will to be done. In your precious name we pray, amen. Thank you so much, Laura, for that good word. And I will offer this benediction for you today. As you go throughout this week, be still and know that he is God.